Out of every 100 men, 10 shouldn't even be there. 80 are just targets, nine are the real fighters, and we're lucky to have them, for they make up the battle. Ah, but the one. One is a warrior, and he will bring the others back. Heraclitus. You gotta go hard, better get it. You gotta go hard, better get it. You gotta go hard, better get it. You better get it. Welcome, guys. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jeremiah Sullivan, and this is Be the Leader Podcast. This is a leadership and personal performance podcast. It's my mission to bring more good in this world, and I've chosen to do that by building leaders and helping others achieve their best by helping you. There's a huge problem in this world, and that's low-performing people and poor leadership. And I often see the wrong person in a leadership position. This is my way of fixing that. This podcast, it's for the person who knows he needs to become a stronger leader in his career or the new entrepreneur, business owner with people problems or the experienced business owner with challenges or anyone who just wants to be better individually. The goal of this podcast is to give you a strong foundation in leadership and performance. Now, like most podcast journeys, you have a choice. We all have a choice, and that's, do we run ads or do we not? <laughs> I've chosen not to run ads. So, with that being said, all I ask is that if you find this valuable, that you share it with a friend. And that means today, this first episode, share it with a friend. And if you feel so obliged, leave a review on iTunes. Who I am, so my name is Jeremiah Sullivan. For those of you that don't know me, um, I was raised in a small town in Trinity Center, California, a small town of 300 people. When I say small, I mean no internet, hardly any television, no stoplights. Um, it, was, it was a very small town. If you blinked, you would pass it by. But my story is really one of several failures to amount to some success. Um, I grew up in that small town and somehow, some miraculous way, I got out. And I became a leader in special operations. I became an infantry company commander. And now, I'm stepping into entrepreneurship. I'll, sh I'll begin to share my story with you guys you know, throughout this and throughout the episodes. But the bottom line is, I wasn't the greatest tactician while I was in the Army. I spent the last 14, 15 years there. And... I had some success. I fast-tracked all my positions. Like I said, I made it into special operations and specifically the 75th Ranger Regiment, and I've served with the best. But my strength doesn't come from really tactics. It came from leadership. So any success that I've had, I believe that that's where it came from, and this is my, my way of paying that forward. My lessons here will come from experience and the very, very unique and successful mentors that I've had in my life. I've been privileged to serve with the best and been mentored by some of the world's best leaders in the military and out. For context, one guy's in the world's, I would argue, the number one special operations unit. I can't give his name, but he's still a mentor in my life and he had a profound impact on me and taught me a lot about leadership. Another guy is retired Army officer, a 75th Ranger Regiment, uh, officer as well. He has all type of accolades, 
He's a real estate guru. He's helped me out a ton. And then I have a uh, another mentor in my life that's been very successful in the civilian side. He has managed billions of dollars uh, <laughs> and grown a very successful company. So those three specifically have taught me a lot about leadership, and I will share the lessons that they have given me to you. I want to start off by talking about what is a leader. First of all, every single person listening here is a leader. A leader is somebody who creates movement. Hear me out. They move themselves and then they move others. Okay, so if you think of, I like to use the example of an offensive attack on an enemy compound. And outside of it, the enemy has fortified their position. It's barricaded. There's Constantine wire or whatever obstacle surrounding the entire perimeter. Well, as friendly forces, when we go to attack that enemy position, there's a lot of casualties that start taking place right at the breach, right where we're trying to break through those barriers. And so the movement tends to stop. And guys start getting hurt. Casualties start getting treated. And it's the leader's responsibility to fix that. So what does the leader do? He looks around, he judges the situation, and he moves himself to that position to fix the problem at the breach. He handles casualties. He marks the breach. He finishes cutting it open. What He does whatever he has to to get that movement, that space cleared so that people can go through it. So he moves himself so that others can move. Leaders create movement. I'm passionate about this. I'm passionate about leadership because, to be honest, I'm sick of seeing poor leaders. I'm sick of seeing people miserable at work. I'm tired of seeing people pissed off. So if I can help you become a stronger leader, I'll be doing my part in this, in this world to make it better. And today's message, man. So I started today off with uh, that poem by Heraclitus. Today's message is be the one. I found some of the best leaders that I've ever known, they weren't leaders until they were called upon. They kind of remained quiet. They, they observed, they watched. Now there was some leaders that were louder and more, uh, I don't know, more, more just loud. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that I found that some of the best leaders I've ever seen, they weren't leaders until they were called upon. So I'm calling on you. I want you to realize that you are a leader. Whether it's for your business, whether it's for your career, whether it's, whether it's in your family, you are leading somebody. And you might be at the initial stages where you're just leading yourself. That's still leadership. So I want to give you that belief. And in life, you'll find that the first obstacle when you're trying to get to any goal is belief. And once you tackle that, everything else starts to fall into place. I'll tell you a personal example. So my story, like I said, I grew up in a small town, 300 people in Trinity Center, California. I never really thought I could amount to do to anything. I was, like I said, shy. I went into high school and I was a hundred pounds soaking wet. <laughs> and, you know, growing up in that small town, we were low income. 
my parents, you know, I grew up on government cheese, coupons. And my dad used to, he used to actually hunt to put food on our table. My parents were, were grinders, man. They were hustlers growing up. They've, they've continued to evolve their entire life. And I think that's probably where I get some of my, you know, pursuit for evolution from. But as a kid, you know, we, we lived in this fantasy land, this little town of Trinity centers in Northern California. Um, there's, there's probably at any given point, two to three families in the town that had kids. And I was one of those families. So everybody knew each other. Um, like I said, we didn't really have TV. We didn't have internet. I spent a lot of my time in the woods hunting bear with my dad or hunting anything. I've hunted everything from quail all the way up to, to bear. And it's kind of funny, you know, that the trend in society today is that everybody's getting into hunting and trying to tie into their, you know, their instincts and, and be more, more manly and, and all these different things. And I think it's kind of funny because, you know, I grew up like that. I grew up in the wild, essentially. <laughs> so it was a pretty unique experience growing up in Trinity Center. Um, my parents, their, their parents had this restaurant, a local pub. It was called the Sasquatch Restaurant. Yes, named after Bigfoot. Because in Northern California, in this little town of Trinity Center, this was where the most Bigfoot sightings had ever been seen. So this restaurant was named the Sasquatch. So my grandparents owned the little local pub there. Um, very small town. My parents spent a lot of time, you know, taking us outdoors. I spent a lot of time with my dad hunting, fishing. And so that's how I grew up, you know, pretty sheltered. This all ties back into belief. So here I am, small, shy kid. I have a family of six. I have three brothers. And we're very much just living you know, on our own and away from regular society. I would see like sports on TV and I thought that that was a fantasy. I thought that, you know, becoming a professional athlete was just in a whole different world. It was so foreign to me. And so I saw myself as kind of a bystander in life. But I remember at a very young age, I, I looked around and I would study people and I would just wonder what the difference was between the lower people and, and the better people and the higher quality people. And I would study them and watch them and observe them. But I never really knew what success was. I never really saw success as a kid. And so I got into high school and I came out for wrestling. Some of the older kids convinced me to come try it out. I was scared shitless, man. Um, but I showed up. And I think because I had brothers, I grew up wrestling them and, and fighting a lot. I ended up starting to do pretty good. Now, looking back on it, it probably wasn't that good. But I... Uh, when in my freshman year, to give you some context, I, I lost a ton. Okay. My sophomore year, I won some, lost some. My junior year, I was winning a lot. My senior year, I lost two matches. So that gives you an idea of my progression. And it was during this time that I really started to believe in myself. I started to dream a little bit. And my biggest dream was to go on to college and wrestle. You know, it doesn't sound like much, but it was a big dream to me, man. And I started to obsess over it. And I started training two, three, four times a day over and over year round from, and I got obsessed my junior year in high school. I was hitting the weight room. I started getting bigger. My confidence starts getting up. And so my senior year, I say, Hey man, I want to go to state and wrestle. And so to do that, 
I told myself if I went to state and I, I or if I placed at the regional qualifying tournament and went on to state, I would go on to college and wrestle. That was the internal agreement I had with myself. And so I found myself in this match wrestling for third and fourth place. And the deal was at the time that if you won this match at the regional qualifying tournament, you'd go on and wrestle the guy that had earned second place for a true second match. If you beat him, you could go on to state. Well, I had beaten that guy that earned second earlier in the year. And I knew that if I had won my third and fourth place match, I would go on to state because I would beat that guy. So here I am and I wrestling for third and fourth and I go into double overtime, hardest match of my life, completely exhausted. I'm physically drained. It's, it's, you know, the clock is counting down five, four, three, two, one, double overtime. I take this guy down and I win. And I'm ecstatic. I get up, I'm emotional, I go over to my coach and I hug him. And he whispers in my ear, he says, hey, good job, Jeremiah. But they're not taking true second this year. And so I got crushed, man. You know, I had spent my entire life up until this point not believing in myself. I started to believe in myself and then I got crushed. So why is that important? Because throughout the rest of my time, From that point forward, I kind of just drifted, and then I found my stride of the military. I started accomplishing a little bit. Um, There's there's a backstory to how I got in the military, but the bottom line is, after that wrestling match, you know, I was dead inside. I was not fulfilled. I eventually got so fed up, decided to join the military, enlisted as an engineer, and I started to go throughout training and more and more responsibility was tossed on me. You know, here I am, this is 2005, and I'm a student leader everywhere I go. I'm really quiet and reserved, but the more responsibility you give me, the better I start doing. And so I start feeling kind of good again, right? I went from not believing myself to, to believing in myself in high school to being crushed, not believing myself. And then here I am in the military starting to get some confidence again. Well, as I start getting some confidence, um, I find myself a year and a half into the military. I'm enlisted. I'm as an engineer, and I'm I'm in Iraq, deployed right away. So I do a 15 month deployment, and it's here that I start really reflecting on life and what I want to get out of it. And I had this lieutenant that was in our unit. He died, and when he died, I I stopped and I asked myself. I said, "Man, what are you really living for? What do you want to get out of life?" And I remember I was you know stuck in this mindset of feeling lost and confused, probably like a lot of people are today, you know? And I was in the middle of this town in downtown Bakuba. And it was two in the morning. I was laying on my back, my weapon strung across, across my chest. I was wearing my body armor. I was doing some engineer work. So it was late at night and I was laying there just kind of reflecting on where I was at and what I wanted. At the same time, there was a gunfight going on. There was Apaches coming in, the 82nd Airborne was about a mile from us, and they were clearing the town that we were working next to. Our job was to put up this little patrol base for them so they had a place to, uh, a secure place to occupy when they were done. So I'm laying there, and there's this big gunfight going on in, in Iraq. I remember having this moment of clarity, and I was just like, fuck. This is not where I want to be. I should be over there. So. I had that moment 
And uh, I decided I got, you know, I just got fed up. I said, I'm tired of living for everybody else. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to believe in myself and I'm going to give life a shot. And so what happened when I did that, I ended up working my way into the infantry, working my way into special operations, the 75th Ranger Regiment. And then I became an infantry company commander. I fast-tracked all my way to all these different positions. And when I say fast-tracked, what I mean is some of my peers, you know, they took 18 months or longer to get into their company command position. And I, you know, I did it in just a couple. Um, I don't know. Some of that's luck. But my point is, I ended up having this very successful career in the military. And when I look back on it, all it really comes down to is belief. So I'm here to tell you that wherever you're going next in life, that you can do it. Now that might sound optimistic and cheesy and cliche, but I'm serious. It starts with belief. So once you start believing in yourself, here's what happens. The moment that I was laying in that town on my back, questioning what I should do with my life, and I said, I'm done. I'm going to go back to college. I'm going to join the infantry. I'm going to work my way into special operations. Here's what happened. I got aligned to what came naturally to me. I was more aligned with my instincts. And while the path was hard and challenging, things started happening a little bit easier. Things made more sense. So why that shift? Like, how did that happen? How did I go from being lost, being confused, not having any belief to believing in myself and, and getting into some very high tempo units and doing very well? Well, it came down to a couple of things. It came from learning from my failures. Okay, I'm sure all of you can relate. But it also came down to some of the mentors that I had. I had a guy come into my life early on in my officer career and he believed in me. And he said, hey, have you ever thought about going to the 75th Ranger Regiment? I laughed. And I said, no, no, sir, that's not for me. But after some time, I started to think maybe I could. I started to listen to these guys, the guys that wanted to talk positivity into me, tell me I could do it, all these different things. And so mentors changed my life. That's kind of why I'm here. You know, hopefully I can be a mentor for you guys, but the bottom line is believe in yourself because that's the first obstacle and put yourself in a position to win. Any success that I've had in the military is, is a result of belief. Okay. So that's what I want to instill in you today is belief, believe, belief that you can do more. And if you're wondering Hey man, leadership's not for me. No, it is. It is for you. Because your success, where you're at right now, is directly proportional to the number of people that you help. Zig Ziglar said it. He said, you can get everything you want in life if you just help enough people get what they want. So if you're not getting very much in life right now, it's because you're not helping enough people. You're not being a strong enough leader. So... Throughout this podcast, man, I'm going to give you guys a foundation from everything that I've learned in the military, everything I learned as a kid, you know, having brothers and leading them. Because <laughs> if you're an older brother, you know how that goes. But really, I'm going to give you those key lessons from those mentors. I'm going to give you the key lessons from my experience in the military. And I want to 
give you those lessons to help build the foundation. Okay. So that you can believe in yourself and believe that you can do more because you can. I'll give you one last story about belief. This is the power of it. So I was a kid. I was probably, I don't know, six years old. My oldest brother's name is Josh. Josh has Down syndrome. So I always played the oldest brother growing up. But when I was younger, Josh still took care of us. He's a very high-functioning Down syndrome kid. He's a great guy. Love my brother. But he's four years older than me, so I was probably six years old. And he tells me one time, he convinces me that I'm a monkey. (laughs) He says, Jeremiah, you're a monkey, man. Go climb that tree. And so my parents are occupied, and I listen to them. I go find the tallest tree that I can find, six years old, and I go climb to the top of this thing. And I mean, it's not a small tree. This is a tall, this is a tall tree, man. 50, 60, maybe 70 feet tall. And I climb to this thing, the top of this thing, excited as shit, thinking I'm a monkey. My brother's down there. You're a monkey, Jeremiah. You're a monkey. Climb that tree. So I climb the tree. I get all the way to the top and this tree is swaying from side to side. My mom's inside. She looks out the window and she sees me and uh, she's washing dishes, <laughs> drops the dishes, comes running outside, runs to the base of the tree, starts yelling at me, Jeremiah, what in the hell are you doing up there? And I tell her, you know, with supreme confidence, mom, it's okay. I'm a monkey. <laughs> uh, she gets livid and she tells me, Jeremiah, you're not a monkey. Get out of that tree. And the moment she said that, I lost all the belief I had in myself and I froze. I didn't think I was a monkey anymore. And I grabbed a hold of the tree as tight as I could and I wouldn't come down, scared shitless. So now my mom's at the bottom of the tree, my brother's down there with her and she doesn't know what to do because I'm stuck at the top of this thing and I won't come down. Jeremiah, get down here. No way, mom, stay up here. No way. (laughs) I can't come down. I'm too afraid. So my mom, my brother at the base of the tree, they're trying to convince me to come down. And then my dad shows up and some of the neighbors show up. And the next thing you know, they have to call the fire department to get me down. The fire department shows up, but they can't get to the top of this tree to get me because the tree is so thin. They can't put a ladder up against it. So my mom's stumped. She doesn't know what to do. She's looking at me pissed off, also worried. And she stops and she says, all right. Jeremiah, you know what? You are a monkey. You are a monkey, Jeremiah. Come on down. And I'm listening to her and it clicks again. I say, you know what? I am a monkey. I am. (laughs) And I got the confidence and I climbed down. Got to the bottom of the tree. Happy as shit. My mom grabbed me up by the back of the ear and dragged me inside. (laughs) So anyway, guys, what I'm saying is the power of belief. If you don't believe in yourself, find someone who does. And remember, today's message is to believe in yourself and to be the one. Like the poem that I read you at the beginning of this podcast. Okay, the one by Heraclitus, be the one. That's synonymous with be the leader. So for the rest of the week, be the one, man. And until next time, be the leader. Let's go hard.
I need some motivation. motivation. Every day I try a little harder, but my dedication. dedication. Keep my head way, way above the water. Try to myself when I yell at the wall. Back in the run, but I needed to crawl. I see the finish line up ahead, trying to get traction from all of this tread. I am a king, I am a queen. I am more than the people can see. I am strong when I'm needing to be. Vulnerability's nothing to me. You can try, but I'm unshakable. My successes is never debatable. I'm coming and I'm so interchangeable. Here's to you and all that you are capable. You gotta go.